I don't really particularly like water maples, but I love them this time of year because they're they're a promise that spring is here and it's coming. It's going to get better and better. And uh, you know, I see the flowers blooming. And same thing, promise of spring. And uh, we we still have some cool days coming, but uh, but uh, spring's here and it's going to get better and better. And uh, let's turn to uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Philippians one six. Philippians 1.6 is uh, a verse I go to a lot, and uh, I'll just read it. Being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. So Philippians 1.6 tells me that uh, God started a work in me. Uh, he started, for me, he started when I got saved a long time ago. Uh, but really he started uh, in eternity, didn't he? He knew us before the time began, and and he chose us. And uh, so he started that work. And the Bible says that he's going to be faithful to complete it. Now, I know that my job, my part in that, is that I surrender to what he's doing so that he can finish the work. Um, uh, I think sometimes we can get in his way. And, uh, and that, that kind of stops his work for a little bit until we, we learn to get out of his way and let him, let him finish the work he started. Um, I think it was uh, Jane Hartman... About two or three weeks ago, they were speaking uh, about revival, or maybe it was somebody else. But I heard I heard revival several times, and um, when James asked me to preach, I was I was uh, kind of listening to the Lord, seeing what He wanted me to talk about, and um, that word revival came up several times. Uh, and this message started uh, started forming. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna preach it or tell you the way uh, way it came to me and what God's doing in my life. Um, what do you think? What do you think of when you think of church revival? I'm thinking maybe uh, we see uh, Holy Spirit moving for healing. Uh, we see the Holy Spirit moving in words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, prophecies. Um, basically, we see I, I, what I see in my mind uh, is that the gifts are operating through the Holy Spirit, the way we see them in the Book of Acts, uh, where we see them in the early church. For me, that, that kind of signifies revival uh, to me. Um, but I, what I want to talk about today is, is something uh, similar. It's personal revival. And that's something that I've been going through here lately. And that's why I'm kind of excited about spring because uh, I think uh, I just came out of a season where it was kind of cold and the wind was blowing, kind of like the wintertime. It wasn't like I was a million miles away from God, but I wasn't close as I wanted to be either. Um, and uh, God was faithful. God was faithful to not uh, leave me alone. Uh, if, if you have somebody in your life that's not doing well and you want to pray for them, pray that God don't leave them alone. Because uh, he'll, he'll take care of that. And he didn't leave me alone. He, he sent a friend to me and uh, this friend was kind of showing me some things in my life. And, you know, Galatians 6 says, uh, if you see someone in a fault, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. And, uh, and I appreciate the humbleness of this friend. And um, so with, with God starting to do a work in me, there was a time of repentance. And uh, I had to, had to do repentance. And repentance isn't, a, uh, isn't something you throw up and then you keep doing what you're doing. Repentance is a, a time of turning away. I heard a story a long time ago. I'll tell it. Um, there is a uh, 
a bomber in World War II going over Germany. They were getting deeper and deeper into the airspace of Germany, and they dropped their load. They, they got all their bombs out, and one of the people in the plane told the pilot, he said, let's do a 360 and get out of here. And, uh, of course, the 360 is you turn around, but you still go the same way. <laughs> uh, so what he wanted to say was do a 180, and that's what repentance is. You know, we, we do a 180, we go to the opposite direction of where our sin was, right? And so um, there was a time of repentance for me. And then right around the same time, I don't even know if it was before or after, but I got this fresh revelation of who Jesus is. And boy, isn't that good when uh, you just... It just so you just see him, you know. It's like, you know, I, I tell this example a lot, but the the story of of uh, John, the, one of the best friends Jesus had on the earth, you know, and and uh, I'm sure that they were close, and he could walk up and talk to him, laid his head on his uh, chest, and you know, at the supper, and but when he saw him in heaven, wow, in his glory, there wasn't any, hey, buddy, how are you? It was falling on his face, you know. It's just wow, this Jesus and. And, and I had that experience. I saw that. And, and uh, it was like, wow, Lord. And then that brought more repentance. Because when you see Jesus, a fresh revelation, you see yourself for who you are. It's like, oh, man, I am, I'm nothing. And uh, so I began to see that, uh, and it's different for everybody. But for me, I began to see that, you know, I do work in Guatemala with those kids. And, and I work some here in different places. And um, I began to see that. I was uh, trying to get a little bit of that glory. And uh, when Jesus showed me himself again afresh, um, it was like, oh, how could you do that? And obviously, Jesus deserves all the glory. It's like, I don't, I don't get nothing. And, and, and rightfully so, he's supposed to get it. And uh, all the love, you know, the love, your know, kids like to love you. But, but he deserves all that love, really. And he deserves the glory and the honor. He's the hero, Right. And so I began to see that, and that brought more repentance. And, and then, like I said, springtime started reviving up inside me, and I'm, I'm seeing those blossoms bloom and those. And I still have some cold days, I think, but it's getting better. It's getting better. And, and that personal revival uh, has started inside me, and I'm excited about this message. I'm excited about uh, the possibilities of getting closer to the Lord. Um, um, I remember... Sorry. If I put this on my shirt, will it stop that? No. Um, I remember... I remember when uh, Tom, Brother Tom, used to preach on uh, the refiner's fire and how we needed to, as people, God has to put us in the fire sometimes, heat us up. Remember that? Am I the only one? I was going to listen to that message again uh, in preparation for this, but I didn't. But... Uh, I really liked those messages he gave. And uh, if you remember, he, he was talking about how you, know, you have a lump of silver or a lump of gold. And, uh, and the refiner, he, he puts that in the heat and he heats it up. And as it's heating up, the impurities kind of bubble to the top. And you take something and you scoop it off, right? And uh, so I remember thinking about that. And, uh, and uh, years ago, I used to, I used to pray, uh, God, put me in the fire. He said, I, I know I'm not like Jesus, so, and I can't do anything about it, so put me in the fire. And, uh, and I, remember, uh, I remember praying that prayer in faith, and sometimes with tears in my eyes, because I didn't know what God was going to do. You know? But I just knew I wanted him to do it. 
because uh, I needed that. I really wanted to be closer to the Lord. And, um, and those, those times were good for me. Those times were good for me. Even though I didn't necessarily like the heat, I loved the result. I loved the, the closeness with God. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think back on it now, I don't know that I should have had tears in my eyes because uh, I think I had a little, a little uh, I didn't understand it quite right. Because if you ask for God to do a purifying work in you, uh, to heat you up, um, to see things you can't see. See, I didn't know. I wasn't sure that I was trying to get the glory for those kids until I saw Jesus. And then I realized, oh, wow, I am wrong. And sometimes you don't see things, and you need Jesus to help you. You need, Jesus, need God to put you in that fire. And that doesn't necessarily mean, well, I'm going to go through a physical trial, or I'm going to go through a hard financial trial. No, I don't think it means that. I think maybe I thought that at first, but um, God can do a work in you, and nobody even know it. You know, you, He just, you know, maybe you have trouble with pride. I'm, I'm, I'm really good at what I'm doing, or I'm really good at something, and, and God wants to work that out of you, and Maybe all he has to do is put you in a situation where you get red-faced, embarrassed for a while, you know, and then and that's the heat, and then you you see that stuff bubbling up. Oh man, I didn't know that was there, you know. So I think it's good, uh, maybe for us to seek the fire, seek the uh, the heat in our lives, because I can't change myself. I can read the word, I can do that, and I can pattern my life after the word. But there's, there's sometimes there's things that get stuck in there and I don't see them. You know, I'm reading the Word, but I don't see where I need work. And that's what that, the fire is for, is to, to set stuff a bubble up and we can see and we can get closer to Jesus, closer to God. Um, I, I wrote this message down and I'm, I'm all over my notes, but um, for me, uh, I think... I think a, a piece of silver... If, if it were to go through your fire fire a couple times, you know, it cools off, then you put it back in, it cools off, you put it back in. I think about the second or third time you put that silver on a table, and it's probably, if it could think, it's probably thinking, well, I'm pretty good now. I look pretty good. You know, I'm shining. You know, make a piece of silver, make a piece of jewelry out of me, you know. But uh, the refiner might say, no, not yet. You've you got to go back in a few more times. And uh, so we need to not be, I don't think we need to be afraid of praying for that, um, as I as I think about this uh, springtime that's kind of welling up inside me, I'm thinking, you know, you, it takes both of those. It takes the the repentance and the revelation of Jesus, uh, and that revelation of Jesus forced me to want to pray for that fire again. Want to pray for that again because I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to Jesus and. Uh, I remember uh, I have a friend in Guatemala, um, and we were talking on my last last trip or so, and uh, they have a car, and they, they go to work, and they come home from work at night, so they're driving this car at night in, in Guatemala, and they said when they hear a noise in the car, they just turn the radio up, you know, so they can't hear the noise, and... Uh, so I got to laughing. My kids aren't going to like this, but I got to laughing because sometimes I do that too. <laughs> and uh, not all the time, but uh, sometimes I do. And uh, I'm telling you this story now because uh, sometimes we do that, don't we, as, as Christians? Uh, we hear a noise on the inside in our hearts. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about in our spirits. You know, we, we hear a noise and we turn the world up, don't we? We kind of turn the world up. 
internet, TV, or Christian radio. Whatever it is, we turn the radio up so we can't hear that noise, right? But what, what should we do? If we hear a noise in our car and we look at it, we can't fix it. What's the natural thing to do? Take it to a mechanic, right? We take it to a mechanic. And if we trust the mechanic, we drop that, that car off and we say, uh, it's making a noise. And the guy says, well, I can fix that. And, and we leave, right? We don't stay there and, and watch him and say, oh, what are you doing there? You know, because I don't know how to fix the car to begin with. So I don't need to be telling him how to do it, right? But if we hear a noise on the inside, then what should we do? Should we turn the radio up? Or should we go to the Creator, go to the one that can fix me? The one who promised that he who started a good work in me will finish it. Uh, it seems like to me that's what we need to be doing um, on a regular basis. And I'm still talking about revival here, but I'm getting into to other subjects. Um, do you remember do you remember the, the old song, uh, This is the Air I Breathe? Your very presence living in me. Boy, I used to love that song. And, and I used to listen to it and it just, just ministered to me. But I remember in this season I just came out of, I would, I would look that song up and I would play it. And it didn't have the same meaning anymore. You know, I wanted it to. I mentally agreed with it. Yes, Jesus is the air I breathe. Your presence in me. But I didn't feel it. You know, and it was, that, it was because I needed that revival. I needed that fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. I needed to be closer to him. I needed that repentance. And now I listen to that song, and it's like, wow, again, you know, praise God, you are the, the air I breathe. Um, so uh, I'm talking about personal revival, and I'm talking about church revival too. Um, but we need, we need to seek Jesus. We need to seek that, that fire, that, because I can't do it on my own. I, can, I really can't bring revival in my heart. I can't bring revival in this church, but I can, I can seek God for him to to do the promise, to finish the work he started in me. And uh, if I do that, I think I'm heading in the right direction. Um, what does, speaking of revival, what do you think anti-revival looks like? I was trying to think of a word. Anybody have a word for opposite of revival? Uh, the best I could come up with anti-revival. But uh, uh, I, I'm going to give you an example in my own life. We all know people that, um, you know, seem like they're doing so good, and then they just kind of drift off slowly, uh, especially ministers. I know a lot of ministers uh, that it's just on fire for the Lord and then just drift off. And I knew a, a lady in Guatemala. I'm not going to tell her name because Kata might know her, but um, she used to work with us years and years ago. Um, she, worked, she was under a pastor, a good pastor, and uh, she used to help us in ministry there. And just seemed like, wow, the Lord was so strong inside her. And, and she was doing so well. And um, I saw her uh, last time she helped us. And then a couple years after that, I saw her. And I didn't recognize her. I saw her on the street, and I didn't recognize her. It was, it was like there was less light in her eyes. And her face almost kind of looked a little different. And uh, I know she had been helping one of the children that I'm, I'm helping, and then she stopped. And I was thinking, whoa, what's going on here? And, but I was ministering to kids, so um, I said hi to her and, and kept going. And a couple years later, I saw her again, and this time I didn't recognize her at all. She was so worldly looking and just no light in the eyes. Just, it was like she had gone the opposite direction. And this didn't happen right all, you know, suddenly. 
you know, this happened slowly, and, and she's still happy to see me. You know, in, in her heart, she's not like anti-God. She's just so far. It seems to me so far away. I'm not judging her, but you know, you just kind of tell when when the lights out and the and the face, the, the countenance of the face is different. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, you know, that didn't happen overnight. She somewhere along the line, the devil, the devil tempted her. You know, he he held something out. You know, if I were to hold something out you want and say so you can't get you know, you can't get it unless you get out of your seat. You know, that's the way the devil is. We're we're standing on the rock and he has to get us off that rock just a little bit. And, and I think what happens is we think, Well, I can get back on that rock, I'm not too far, right? But as soon as we reach for it, the devil backs up a little bit more. Oh, just a little bit more and, and you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, eventually we get so far away that um, we don't know how to get back. And the danger there is, uh, I think we know that repentance is a gift, right? Uh, I can't, I don't hold around a panic button, and, you know, when I sin, I can just push the panic button, and I can repent. Everything's good. No, I think repentance is a gift from God, and the danger with the devil leading us off is we don't know when we're going to come back. We don't know when God's going to allow us to repent or not. And I thank God for this, this season of spring in my life because he, he gave me repentance and uh, gave me a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, so for me, um, um, God was faithful. He didn't leave me alone. And I think that's what our prayer needs to be for, for each other, that God, don't leave us alone. Don't, don't do that, whatever it takes. <laughs> I'll tell a story about my wife. When uh, our second oldest was born, Isaac, uh, Isaac's kind of athletic, and I think he was kind of moving around in there a lot. And uh, so when it came time for him to be born, uh, he came the normal way, you know, head first. Everything's great that way. And the lady that was helping Kimberly, um, you know, he, he was, uh, hadn't quite come out, and, and the heartbeat started going down. And the lady looked at Kimberly, and she said, uh, well, the umbilical cord is wrapped around his neck. She said, uh, now... You're not going to like what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do what I can to save the baby. And Kimberly just looked at her, didn't bat an eye, didn't no second loss anywhere. She looked at her and said, do whatever it takes, and whatever it takes. And what she was saying is, I don't care about this body. You take care of that life that's in me. And uh, so um, I, I tell that story because I think that's what we need to, to think about as Christians. You know, this body is not going to heaven. We know that, right? It's been, been tainted, and every cell in it has to change. So uh, I think my, the thought of my heart is now, now that I'm experiencing this springtime, is that God, do whatever it takes. You know, just, just protect the life that you put in me. That's, that's all I care. Whatever it takes, you know, uh, whatever it takes with this body, if you want to heat it up and, and just keep heating it up, I don't care. Just protect the life that you put inside me. Because he who started to go work, will be faithful to complete it, right? Those are my words. I'm, I'm, he, he says it a little bit differently, but I think that's the gist of that verse, isn't it? That he who started a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. Um, so, so if, uh, if the ingredients that, that happened for me, the repentance, turning away from sin, the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, started this springtime revival inside me, then um, maybe, maybe at this point in, in the message, I wanted to look at uh, just another motivation to, to overcome sin. Um, can, uh, can somebody find Luke 11:23?
If you found it and you want to read it, that's fine. If not, I'll, I'll read it. That verse is uh, one of my, also one of my favorite verses because it reminds me. Um, did, did Jesus leave any middle ground in that verse? He who is with me, he who is not with me is against me. He that does not gather with me scatters. Doesn't, there's no middle ground there, right? It's, it's either I'm walking with Jesus or I'm not walking with Jesus. I'm either gathering. You know, he, he came to destroy the works of the enemy. So I'm either gathering uh, or or. Uh, moving his kingdom forward, or I'm not. And if I'm not, whose kingdom am I moving forward? It, the kingdom of darkness, right? There's, there's no middle ground here. I'm either walking with Jesus, or I'm walking with the enemy, right? I'm either gathering or I'm scattering. So um, when I think of this verse, I think of sin. And I, and I have to come to the conclusion that, uh, well... Doesn't Paul say in First uh, Corinthians, it's First Corinthians six fifteen, that uh, uh, dare I make the I'm, I'm the members of Christ, and dare I make the members of Christ also the members of a harlot, talking about fornication or adultery. And Paul says, God forbid, God forbid. So there's no middle ground in sin. There's I'm either with Jesus or I'm sinning. And at, at that point, that that small little point there. I'm not with Jesus, and I'm helping the kingdom of darkness. Does that make sense? Um, now, however long it takes me to repent, I think that's how long I'm, I'm, can I say aiding and abetting the enemy? Can I say that? Because if I'm scattering, am I not helping the enemy in his work? And if I'm gathering, then I'm opposed to the enemy in his work. Right? So if I sin, then at that point, uh, at that point, I'm helping the enemy. What is the enemy doing? Um, the enemy is engaged in a global war against humanity, pure and simple. You know, whatever he can do, whether it's pain, suffering, dragging people to hell. I mean, it's a global war against humanity. So I don't want to be a part of that. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, and this, this part of the message isn't, isn't uh, designed to condemn. Uh, it's not. I really don't want that. I want it to be a, 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 a encouragement. Just another encouragement to, to overcome sin. And uh, for me, it's, it's a good one because I don't want to be a part of what the devil is doing. And uh, you know what James said? We're, everyone sins when he is drawn away with his own lust and enticed. And when he's drawn away, that's the temptation, right? That's the temptation. And for me, the, the, the battle, there's a little skirmish that, that comes right here. When, when the temptation comes, there's a little skirmish, and, and I have to overcome that, that battle. I have to get the battle there, because my hand's not going to sin without my mind telling it to, right? So, um, so I want us to think about this verse as just another tool in our belt to kind of get us over that hump. You know, when, when that temptation comes, you know, we, we have the Word, we stand on the Word, and we have the fear of God. Uh, that helps in overcoming temptation. And this too, uh, I don't want to be a part of what, what the devil's doing, you know. Um, so, so that's a that's a motivation. Um, I had uh, I've been going back and forth on sharing this uh, this story, but I think I will. Um, this little girl's name is Amaryllis. I know you can't see her too well from up here, but uh, she's holding a Bible, 
And it's the Bible I gave her not too long after she got saved. Um, and Amarillo's house is, uh, every time I went there, I kind of got feeling icky. It's like, I don't know what's going on there, but it's not good. You know, it's that kind of thing. And uh, Amaryllis used to talk to me for a little while. Uh, and then she got to where she didn't want to see me anymore. And I didn't know why. Sometimes they do that when they're sin in their lives and they don't know what to do with it. And I kind of represent God so they don't want to talk to me. And then when that gets straightened out, then they want to talk to me again. So, you know, I, I didn't know what it was, but I was worried about her. And I was worried enough to ask a pastor to, to help her. Uh, I don't know if that happened or not, but, but I asked him to. So, um, so last spring, last spring I was, um, I was in that, that time. It was springtime, but I was kind of in that wintertime too. And uh, I remember for a period there I came home. Um, I came home and I, I uh, cooked supper, came home from work, cooked supper. And, and I was tired. I just wanted to sit in front of the TV for a while. And, uh, you know, just vegetate. And while I was doing that, on one particular day, uh, the Lord said, Get up, go to your room, close the door, and pray for Amaryllis. And I knew it was his prompting. But then you play these mind games, Oh, that probably wasn't the Lord. That probably wasn't the Lord. No, that probably wasn't him. And, but then it happened the next day, too, and the next day. And, and uh, it kind of came clear to me that God wanted me to get up, <laughs> go to my room, close the door, and pray for Amaryllis. But, you know, you, you wait for a commercial and you say, oh, God, help me, Amaryllis. And then you, you know, that's how I was doing. See, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, what does the Bible say that is? Sin. See, I knew to do right. I knew that God wanted me to get up and pray for Amaryllis, but I was in my own little world and I was sinning, right? So I'm no longer gathering with God. I'm scattering, Right. So that went on for about two weeks, and then the burden was gone, and, and that was it. Um, so I went to, the next time I went to Guatemala, uh, I found out that uh, Amarillo had committed suicide. And it was, I, I found out when, and it was about the time that God was asking me to pray for her. Um, now, I made my peace with God about that. And, uh, and again, I'm not trying to say that, oh, if you lie, somebody in China is going to die. Please don't hear that. <laughs> I'm just saying... Uh, I mentioned this story just to give added emphasis that um, if, I'm not, if I'm not walking with Jesus, I can't help people when he asks me to. Does that make sense? Um, whether or not things would have been different for her if I would prayed, I don't know. Um, but I don't keep her picture. I don't keep her picture in my, my Bible, which I do all the time. I don't keep it there for some morbid uh, guilt trip. Uh, quite the contrary, I, I keep it there to uh, encourage me to try harder, you know, to to work harder for the kids that are still there, and to, now to to remind me sin has a consequence. There's, you know, people people steal from big companies and they say, well, it's a victimless crime. You know, the companies can afford it, and, but really, is it victimless? Somebody pays for that. When when you steal from a company, somebody pays for that. And really, don't we all kind of pay for it? Because uh, the company has to raise their prices, so it's it's detrimental to everybody. There's no victimless crime, and there's no victimless sin. You know, if if I'm going to walk away from Jesus to get something the devil's holding out to me, then at that point, uh, you know, I'm I'm aiding him in doing something. You know, so for me, that's a that's a uh, motivation, motivational tool, to kind of get me to the place of repentance 
overcoming sin, repentance, and then from there I can pray for a revelation, fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. Because uh, what I want is not only for this revival would be in me, but in everybody. You know, and to... Um, you remember... I was thinking about this uh, a couple of days ago. Does anybody remember the name of, of uh, Jonathan's son? Remember David and Jonathan? And Jonathan had a son? What was it? Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to say. But uh, you remember him? Uh, David wanted to do something for, for uh, Jonathan, Jonathan's family. And he sought and he found this, this man, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, yeah. He found him and... Uh, he brought him to, the, to the, his palace, right? And remember what happened to the young man? The nurse dropped him, and he was crippled, right? He couldn't walk. So this man had nothing to give to King David. Nothing. And but what did King David do? He gave him total grace. He said, from now on, you will eat at my table. Wow. Can you imagine that, eating at the king's table, right? I, I, was, it in, uh, was it Solomon that, that wrote down what, what he ate? At the king's table, it was it was incredible what what uh, the kings were eating back then, and here's this man crippled, has no means of of paying him back, and now he's eating at the king's table, eating all this good food, and not only that, but King David says, "I'm going to restore your inheritance." He said, "You're you're going to have your lands, and not only that, I'm going to pay somebody to take care of it for you. You know, you can ride out in my chariot and look at it, but somebody's going to take care of it for you." And uh, isn't that what Jesus did for us? Didn't we come to him with nothing to offer? Nothing, right? We're crippled, poor, blind, wretched, naked. And he said, you know what? You're going to eat at my table from now on, right? And so <clears throat> how, how selfish is it of us to be eating at the king's table and the devil holds out some little trinket and says, you know, he's got bloodstained hands while he's holding it out. And he says, come and get this. And we had to leave the king's table to go get this little trinket. You know, how selfish is that for us? For me, uh, again, that's a little motivational tool for me. When I'm thinking, when I'm tempted, I'm thinking, okay, in order to get this temptation or to sin, I've got to leave the king's table and get this little trinket that he's offering me. And, uh, and that's the battle. That's the battle for me. I don't, I don't want to, I've seen him cause too much pain. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. Not to say that I, I don't always. Sometimes I, I do make mistakes. But it's a, it's a tool for me. Uh, and uh, again, we're talking about, I'm trying to keep on this subject of revival. Uh, but I think it's important that we talk about overcoming sin too. Um, so uh, going back to what I said at the beginning, what happened to me, uh, I had this time of repentance and then I had this time of, of seeing Jesus for who he was. Um, and is, it, uh, is that something we can ask for? Lord, uh, you know, show, me, show me more of who you are. Show me, I want to know you. I want you to give me a fresh revelation. Is that, I don't think it's hard for God to give us a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, Tom used to quote the scripture, without a vision, the people perish. And uh, I want I want a vision of Jesus Christ always before me, you know. I, it's been been a while, you know, a little while since uh, he gave me that fresh revelation. I want another one, you know. I'm you know I just I want to see it all the time because when I see that everything falls into place for me. You know, it's not a matter of now. It's not a matter of 
of, of I don't know, working harder to enter to, and we do strive to enter the kingdom of God. I'm not saying that, but it's not a matter of working harder. It's a matter of, wow, now everything falls in place. I see you're the king, I'm nothing, and you get the glory, not me. And and in that place, uh, my life is just a little bit sweeter. Um, do you remember the verse? Um, let's see if I can find it here. Can can somebody look in Psalms 139, 23 and 24? If you have it, if anybody wants to read, or I, read, I will. Uh, can somebody read that? What's, what Psalm uh, 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah, what a beautiful verse, right? Uh, search me and try me. And we're still talking about the verse from the beginning, that uh, he who began to go work in me will be faithful to complete it. Um, so my prayer, if, if I really want revival, my, my prayer can be this psalm. You know, search me and try me. Know me. Because I can't see inside me. You know, I, I can't, uh, you know, you, you can't see yourself unless you look in a mirror. And I can't, uh, I can't see what's inside my heart unless God shows me. So search me and try me and if there's anything in there that doesn't belong, show it to me so I can get rid of it. And uh, there again, we're, we're talking about getting in that fire again. Uh, talking about wanting, desiring God to heat up our lives. And again, I'm not talking about a, a terrible trial you know, we have to go through. I'm, I'm just talking about heating our personal lives, our heart up, uh, to where, where we can see what, what needs to be gotten out of there, right? Um, so I'm thinking... Uh, I'm thinking that what happens if, if a bunch of us in here, I'm not saying all of us, what happens if a bunch of us in here are, are uh, seeking to overcome sin, we're seeking to find true repentance, and like I said, that's something we need to pray for too, because that's, that's God-given. But we're seeking true repentance, we're seeking uh, a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. And, and, uh, and with that, God starts a revival, a personal revival, inside of each one of us. And we come here with that. Wow. And, uh, so what if, we're, what if we're a bunch of us in here like that, and all of a sudden, God says to somebody, stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. And when you do that, then I'll give you something to say. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> we, might, we might want to say, you tell me what to say first, and then I'll stand up. <laughs> but... Uh, but God might not do that. He might say, stand up, and then I'll fill your mouth. You know, didn't say in the scripture, open your mouth, and I will fill it. And uh, So what if, what if God did that, and it touched off a revival in this place? Wow! You know, we're seeing, seeing beautiful things happen. Um, my question is, and I'm not saying anything against it, but my question is, what would be our motivation? What would be our motivation for seeing... That revival would be our motivation for seeing the Holy Spirit move in power, right? Would it be, well, Lord, I want to see you heal somebody because I want there's people I love and I want them healed, you know. So I want your power to move in healing, or, or Holy Spirit move in power because there's people that are hurting and need encouragement, you know. 
Give a word of encouragement. Give a word of prophecy that, that would encourage somebody. Or, or Holy Spirit, let us have some, somebody stand up and pray in tongues and somebody else stand up and interpret. You know, that, that, you know, that's encouraging. Um, so we want to see the Holy Spirit, we're a Spirit-filled church. We want to see the Holy Spirit move in power in here and the gifts operating. But is that a true motivation? Is that the motivation we should have to see the Holy Spirit moving? And I'm questioning with this fresh revelation of Jesus Christ, you know, still in my heart, I'm questioning if that's the motivation, then uh, is it a pure motivation? Look in John 16, 13 and 15. And I think you know where I'm going with this verse. Uh, this is where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 in 15 through 15. And I'll read it. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show, show you things to come. In verse 14, he says, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall shew it unto you. All things that the Father have are mine. Therefore I said that he shall take of mine, and shew it unto you. Um, when I read that verse, the thing that, that pops out to me is that the Holy Spirit is going to glorify Jesus Christ. Is that true? Can I say that? You remember when John brought the guy here, who the professor, I think it was, who was talking about the Godhead of Jesus, Godhead, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Didn't he say something similar that the Holy Spirit is going to glorify Jesus? Jesus is going to glorify the Father, right? And that the formula. And then the whole Godhead is glorified, right? As Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, I want to see the Holy Spirit move, especially when I'm in Guatemala. I want anointing, right? Because uh, I just don't want to be there. I want lives to change. So when I'm in Guatemala, I'm thinking, boy, I want the Holy Spirit to move. And I pray that. Every morning I go out, I say, Lord, give me an anointing. Give me an anointing to break the yoke, you know. Holy Spirit, fall on me afresh and, and, and anoint me and let, let these, these children see, you know, see you and, and, and all that, you know, whatever that would entail, whatever the power of the Holy Spirit would entail. But now I'm thinking, no, I don't think that's a good motivation. I think now the motivation should be, Holy Spirit, you're going to glorify Jesus. So, uh, Holy Spirit, anoint me that when I go out, Jesus will be glorified for the work he's done. You know, he, he died to set the captives free, right? And I want to see people saved. So Holy Spirit, anoint me, follow me, so that people will be saved and that God, Jesus will get the glory. And I'm thinking that maybe that's more of a pure motivation to see the Holy Spirit move. And, you know, Jesus took those stripes. He suffered and bled so that we could have healing. So is, is it a pure motivation to say, Holy Spirit, follow me or, or follow in this church? so that we can see healings? Or is it more pure to say, Holy Spirit, Jesus died for these people. He, he suffered for their healing. So fall on this church to bring healing to people so that Jesus can be glorified. And that seems like a, a, a higher, a better, a better call. And maybe, uh, maybe we would see God move more if our motivation was more pure like that. Look in Acts 3, 6 through 16. This is a familiar set of verses, and uh, 
We're picking up where Peter and John go to the uh, go to the temple, right? And they see the lame man. He's he's there. Uh, he's there asking for for money, and uh, we'll pick up in in six, and uh, I'll read it. And it says then Peter said, "Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to thee." In the name of Jesus Christ, Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at the alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at, what, at that which would happen to him. And as the lame man which was healed... Held Peter and John. All the people ran together unto him in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son Jesus. Wow. Whom he delivered up and denied him whom ye delivered up, and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One, and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, Jesus, his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him, have given him this perfect silence in the presence of you all. Wow. So, when I read that verses, I'm thinking... Peter, Peter didn't say that uh, you know, we, we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and through that power we were able to make this man be healed. The Holy Spirit moved through us and, and he was healed. And that's true, right? The Holy Spirit anointed Peter at that time uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit flowed through Peter to heal this person. But what did Peter say was the motivation? What did Peter do with that healing? He, didn't, he said Jesus was glorified. In his name, in Jesus' name. So the motivation I see in Peter is to glorify Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit was backing Peter's heart with power to glorify Jesus Christ, right? Jesus died, or Jesus suffered for the healing. Jesus died for the salvation. And that's Peter's heart. I want to see Jesus glorified. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is moving through Peter to glorify Jesus Christ, right? And, and so that, that seems like that needs to be the motivation of my heart when I'm praying for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit's power, I want to see the gifts operate here in my life too. I, I want to see the gifts operate personally, and I want to see the gifts operate in our church, but to glorify Jesus, because he, he paid the price for all that, right? He, didn't the Bible say that he came to destroy the works of the evil one? So no matter what the Holy Spirit, manif- however the Holy Spirit manifests to affect a change, Jesus paid for that. He died for that. And, and so that's the motivation of my heart, to see Jesus glorified. Um, and so I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I, I was listening to uh, Bobby, and he was saying he wasn't sure how the, Holy, how the revivals or the Holy Spirit's going to come. And, and I'm not saying that, that what I'm presenting to you today is, is a formula. That's how it's going to come. But this is what I believe God gave me to share with you. Um, so I'm thinking maybe, maybe uh, it's a piece of the puzzle. Maybe... It's a piece of the puzzle that if, I, uh, if I'm seeking to glorify Jesus Christ in my heart, that's the motivation of my heart. I'm, I'm seeing a revelation of Jesus Christ, and, and I want that ever before me. 
So I'm seeing Jesus and all of a sudden things kind of fall into place. And that's the motivation of my heart now. See the Holy Spirit move. That's the whole motivation of my heart now to see revival break out in my church. Um, and I'm really, I'm really uh, encouraged inside me, and I, I'm hoping that uh, it'll be an encouragement to you to, to to seek revival in your own life. You know, I know I know there's a lot of mature Christians here, uh, a lot mature than I am probably, and it doesn't matter how much of a revelation you've had of Jesus Christ. God is infinite, and Jesus is God. Jesus is infinite. So it doesn't matter how much you've seen of him in the past. There's room for more, because the next time he gives you a revelation, it might be something very more deeper. You know, you seem to see him deeper than you did the last time. And because God's infinite, he can do that. He can show you a little bit more of himself, right? And... You know, I'm thinking of Moses when he asked for to see see God, and God only showed him his backside. You know, and what's it going to be like in heaven when we see him face to face? Wow, isn't that great? But, but we can ask for a revelation of Jesus Christ, no matter how mature we are, and receive a greater amount than what we had before, because God is infinite, right? And so my my encouragement uh, to you this morning is to to seek repentance. If, if you need that, you know, some of you might be doing a whole lot better than I was back here in that, that cold wind. But, uh, you know, if you need to, seek repentance and, and seek with all your heart to see Jesus Christ in a deeper way. And, and to see him the way John saw him in Revelation. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it wouldn't hurt me a bit if every morning I woke up I had to fall on my knees because I was seeing Jesus afresh, you know. And, and I don't know that that's, that's not possible. I don't know that God has to withhold that revelation from us. I, I think if we, our hearts are clean, our hearts are pure, and we really want to see God, that He can give us that revelation every morning. And I, I'd like to have that. You know, I'd like to have that every morning, where you know I fall on my face and all I can do is say, "Oh God, you know, just be quiet for a little while." You know, there's a. <laughs> I'm about done, but there's the. Remember the song? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And he says, uh, boy, when I see you in your glory, will I, will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still. Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? You know, that's the, the thing. I, I want a revelation of Jesus Christ where I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, maybe I'll just be quiet. You know what? Stay on my knees and just be quiet and, and uh, let God kind of do a deeper work in me, knowing who he is, you know. So, um, again, my encouragement is to... to Seek, seek the fire. Don't, don't shy away from the fire. It doesn't mean that you're going to go through a, you know, a hard physical trial. It doesn't mean you're going to go through uh, hard times. Uh, it does mean you're going to be uncomfortable. Uh, you know, as, as Kimberly said, whatever it takes. <laughs> you know that later on that woman um, walked up to Kimberly and everything was fine. And, and uh, she smiled and said, whatever it takes, huh? <laughs> and, uh, but... Uh, that's a, good, that's a good way of looking at, at our spiritual life. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I don't care, God. I don't care. Just whatever it takes. And if, if my heart is repentant, then I think I can pray that prayer in faith. You know, because I'm not worried anymore. God's going to take care of me. He's not going to take me through, you know, horrible time. And, and what if he does? You know, you remember the, the three Hebrew, Hebrew children who got tossed in the fiery furnace? Remember that? They were... 
They were doing what's right. This wasn't, uh, I don't think this was a, a time when God was showing them some bad thing in their heart they needed to scoop off. This was just a trial, you know, he, the uh, trial of faith. And so three Hebrew children are tossed in the fiery furnace. And uh, I, like, I like how, uh, Tom, you say Nebuch had a razor, but Nebuchadnezzar, uh, I liked how he, he stood up and he said, didn't we throw three in there? And he said, but, but I see four, and the fourth is like the Son of God. And I know, I, I'm not a theologian, I know there's a lot of speculation, well, that was an angel, or that was this, or I'm just going to go with Nebuchadnezzar. He was there, and I'm, I'm just going to go with his opinion. It looked like the Son of God. And, uh, and I found that no matter what I'm going through, Jesus is there with me. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't take the lump of silver, which is me, Put it in the fire and, and kind of sit back and say, well, how you doing in there? You know, he doesn't do that. He, he's in there with me, right? And so I don't have to be afraid to ask God to, to heat me up a little bit. Show me, show me what's going on inside me. Um, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing a couple songs before I turn it back over to James. I, I guess it looks like it's going to be a short message. Uh, I didn't mean it to be. But um, as I was preparing for this message, a song kept coming to mind. And I'm just going to believe this, what God wants me to, us, wants us to sing. Um, and this isn't an altar call by any means. Uh, what it is, is a, um, a time for us to reflect on the fact that uh, maybe I need a fresh revelation of Jesus in my life. Maybe, maybe I could stand some repentance in my life. Maybe I could stand to ask God to do a little fire in me. Uh, this is a time of, of reflection. The song is, Just As I Am. And we're going to sing uh, two or three verses, and then uh, when we're done with, when I'm done with, we are done with that. Uh, Kendra's going to come up, and I think we're going to sing a song that, that Wes uh, has been singing here a few times, and then I'm going to turn it over to James. If that's okay. <laughs> 